0: There was people screaming and in the background fires and you know boom. Just imagine yourself becoming conscious in a situation like that. I didn't know. I just knew I had to run or I had to hide or something.
1: Hello and welcome to the Connectedness Podcast. Just as you might have guessed, I talk about connection and connectedness on this podcast. Our connection with everything in the world around us. Whether you see it or not, we're all connected. And it doesn't matter if it's our dog, our cat, our God, our body. And I'll also talk about some more abstract connections like our career or our land, our community, our emotions, your body. Life is all about connection. So the sooner we recognize that, the sooner we can have an easier, more meaningful life. I will talk about these connections through different lenses, things like synchronicities and coincidences or just everyday little bits of magic and miracles that we, we usually dismiss. It's really important that we pay attention to all of this so we can live an easier, more meaningful life. So welcome to the show, I'm your host, Karen Cleveland. Hello, welcome back to the show. I am so glad you're here. You are not going to believe this guest that I have today. This story is pretty incredible. So, you're going to want to stay tuned. I'm not going to, to do any spoiling of it, I'm going to just let her tell the story and what happens. So, I have with me today Kathy McDaniel, and she is the author of the memoir Misfit in Hell to Have an Expat. While dying from lung failure in 1999, she was placed on a ventilator and into a drug-induced coma. A distressing near-death experience occurred, and although mostly traumatic, she also experienced an, the overwhelming bliss of heaven, which shifted her religious beliefs to deep spirituality. Kathy credits the members of IANDS, Ian's International Association for Near-Death Studies, for her eventual integration of the disturbing near-death experience and the ability to accept the sacred mission that caused her reluctant return to Earth. She now shares this experience, its messages with guests on various media like my podcast and via her memoir, Misfit in Hell to Heaven*. Expat. Welcome, Kathy. I'm very excited to have you here today.
0: Thank you so much, Karen. I'm very happy to be here.
1: Great. Why don't we start at the beginning? So you said you were in a drug-induced coma. How did you get there? What was going on? And um, why did they put you in a coma?
0: Uh, I had been asked by uh, my former fiance, who was still my best friend, to help him go to Seattle. He had leukemia, and this was a research hospital. His doctors had given up. He needed two caregivers. So I dropped everything and went to Seattle, found us an apartment near the hospital, and we began. What uh, was supposed to be about a three-month process turned into almost nine months, which took a terrible toll on all of us, physically and mentally and spiritually. And he died. Uh, He was 53 years old, and I I just couldn't believe it. And I was just a wreck. And uh, I was attending a, a concert with a friend, and a terrible flu was going around, and I caught it. Uh, by the time I got to one of the dock in the boxes, my a new friend had taken me down there in the middle of the night. I was coughing up blood and couldn't, couldn't breathe. And oh um, I, 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 I passed out when I got out of the car. I just felt my life force just kind of draining out. And he carried me in yelling, help, help. And they couldn't find a pulse. They got me to a hospital and an ambulance. And I woke up later in an oxygen tent with my parents and my family around me. And they were, I was in Washington, they were from Colorado and California. And I thought, uh Oh, something's up.
1: Wow. You know,
0: and they said that I had ARDS, which was acute respiratory distress syndrome. And that's usually what people with SARS or COVID die from. It's just lung failure, just lung failure. Right. And so they said there was about a 38% chance of making it. This was 23 years ago. They were using me as a guinea pig so they, the doctor's last words were, you won't remember a thing because we're giving you this analgesic and and it'll take your brain off offline. You'll just, uh, we just don't want you pulling out tubes and stuff. We want you just gone. And uh, he kind of added, uh, hopefully you'll wake up kind of a situation. And I thought there was there was just no, you, know, you couldn't just say no. So my parents and and everybody says, well, you, you got to do this. Wow. Oh, so so- I went.
1: Can I ask real fast? Sure. So when you woke up, they were already there. So a, a a period of time had already passed. How long were you out for at that point? I have no idea. Okay. I mean, I, I okay. tried to go
0: back and recreate it, but uh I think it was the 28th I was admitted and I remember New Year's Eve.
1: Wow. Okay. New Year's Eve
0: 1999. So Okay. I remember right. the ball going down on the uh, television. That's it. Oh my so, gosh. So um supposedly I was supposed to be just gone, but I woke up. Uh, I was conscious and um, confused. Uh, It was completely dark. Uh, There was no sound. Later on, I learned that that's called the void. And that's kind of an in-between place where there's nothing but you. (laughs) And so I was freaked, understandably, but I thought, well, there's nothing I can do, but hang, you know, I'll just see what happens. And it wasn't too long before I saw a reddish glow, and then I, I thought maybe the sun was coming up. But then, then um, I don't know, it started getting too warm. I smelled something horrible, and I could hear shrieking and moaning. And I thought, oh, wow, what have I gotten myself into? And then I, all of a sudden, this voice just boomed out of the fog. Do you know where you are? You know. And I thought, ah. the only thing I could come up with was help. And then this thing just laughed, this maniacal laugh, and that really triggered me. I I turned and I ran to the left, I remember that, into the darkness. I knew I just had to get away from that thing. And wow. then what happened, uh, Karen, was just a series of segments. It was like movie sets or something that kept changing, and I never knew when it was going to happen. The first one was the light, I was, you know, total darkness, and then the lights just came up uh, all of a sudden, and I... Found myself in a, a bombed-out huge city. Uh, I, I that bomb was the only thing I could think of because buildings had fallen, there was rebar sticking out of big things of concrete, there was people screaming and in the background, fires, and you know, boom, just imagine yourself becoming conscious in a situation like that. I didn't know, I just knew I had to run or I had to hide or something. And there was interchanges with peculiar people, things. I, I, I Later, I thought maybe it was an alien attack from the sounds and the things I could hear scuttling around out there. It was ugly. So I would try to escape and get to a better place and I fell and backwards and the lights went out. And then the lights would come up. So there were several situations. They seemed to get worse. Um, I was very surprised when I opened my eyes one time and there was an obvious demon standing in front of me uh that uh said, Do you want to get out of here? And I said, Oh, wow, he speaks perfect English. I could remember saying no Oh wow, you know, I thought what an odd thing for me to to uh you know focus on. But um I said, sure. And he says, Well, if you do one thing for me, I'll see you get out. And this was early in the game. I I never really knew where I was. I, I didn't feel dead. Uh, I was just me. Um, Our souls are just us. I mean, our bodies are like a car we ride around in. We're not really our minds or our bodies. So I was just me uh, in a wonderland. I I had no idea, but it was a, it was a, it was a, a mean thing that he did. It was at the huge blackberry field as far as you could see with the canes and the thorns. And, and he gave me kindergarten paper cutting scissors to do this. And uh, it was obvious that I wasn't going to get out um, doing this, but I, I thought maybe there's a chance. And uh, eventually I, I found out that that wasn't going to work. The lights went out, the lights came up. I was in another situation. What makes my NDE distressing one different is I saw a couple of living people there, oh. relatives. Yeah. And uh, there's a lady that's doing a book on that now. That, that's very rare. Uh, there were two people there that, that I encountered. And they, again, were mean to me. They and, uh, wouldn't help me and were self-absorbed. And uh, when I got back, I just knew I had to tell them both a message, and which is not easy to do, to approach someone and say, I was in hell and I have to give you a message. It's a real showstopper. Yeah. But, uh, one of the one of the people never spoke to me again. Uh, that was, you know, 23 years ago. And then the other one came to me a couple of years later and said, tell me that again. What happened? You know, and uh, she says, you know, I thought that odd when you told me, but, you know, I was in a very hell- hellish situation and uh, I got out of it. And I just wanted to say I was grateful that you kind of put that little thing in my mind that I could get out. So that was good. Uh, a lot of times, I was on this road. Uh, for one of a better word, it was just a flat surface, uh, uh, horizon uh, with a glow at the at the horizon. No trees or anything, just rocks and dirt and uh, dusk. You know, no stars. Um, I didn't know where it went, but it only went one direction. And I I took it thinking always thinking, I've got to be able to get out of here. I mean, I don't know where I am, but there's got to be a way. I was not going to give up. They constantly said, just despair. You're not getting out of here. And somewhere in my mind, I remember despair, Uh, the unforgivable sin. I can't do that. Again, I never thought to pray or to call on God. And it took me years to realize why. That was... um, that situation was something I planned, pre-planned. Uh, I believe we pre-plan our lives when we come down. Now, after talking to many, 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 many uh, Ians people, yeah. and um, I, I planned that whole thing. Uh, eventually, I did get out. Uh, it was getting to be one. You know, they 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 just got worse and worse. The, the scenes and uh, the interactions and the demons, and uh, it was it was wearing me down you know um i felt when i got home to my well to the hospital and i had a lot of time to think it it felt like years that i was there wow. you know, i was just it was just never ending and of course there's no time on that side and and when you're traveling with your soul anything on the other side is is now it's always now there's there's no time but um anyway i finally got out uh, accidentally Again, being a brat, and that was the uh, misfit in hell thing. (laughs) I just, I wouldn't cave, man. I just uh, thought, no, 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 no. I'm going to get out of here. And when I did, unexpectedly, uh, I liken it to being a a balloon when they put it on the end of a tube. It's going to fill it with helium, and I just felt like this whoosh, and I got big, and I got just filled with joy and love and bliss and and uh swimming in love was all I could feel. I, I felt like I was like tumbling and every cell of my body was just just filled to the brim with this this wonderful and this was all in this warm light and all that. And it was awesome. And I completely forgot everything. I was just reveling in this in this love. And as it kind of settled down, I could see that it, it seemed to be. I don't know, not a fog, but it seemed to make kind of like a, a cathedral of some sort All our mar- marble. I mean, it, it didn't mm. have anything in it. It was just that building. And when I looked up, I looked over and oh my gosh, there's my friend who just died the month before. And oh, of course wow. dying of leukemia is not a pretty sight. You know, your hair falls out. He was all swollen and purple and yeah. So he looked great. And he was laughing. And he was just looking like, I got a secret kind of thing. We always used to play tricks on each other. And uh, he was wearing a sweater I gave him. I mean, it was him. And uh, I thought to myself, "Uh oh, he doesn't know he's dead. You know, (laughs) because I had no (laughs) idea I was. And then he started really laughing. And I thought, oh, I didn't say that out loud. You know, the pieces were starting to fall into place. And I thought, Now, if he's dead (laughs) and he can hear me, I must be dead. And this is like the best news ever. I was so excited. I thought, wow, heaven, you know, with my friend. I mean, my gosh. And then I thought, why are we just standing here? And, And I do remember looking over to one side, something caught my eye. It was a big like architect's table with this huge book, like a big Bible or something open about halfway. And I thought, now he was showing me something in that book but darn if I can remember what it was. Well, coming back, I'm sure he was showing me what I had to do when I got back. Mm -hmm. And that's why he came up and and said, now Mary Kay, that's what he called me. You've got too much left to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, That was not what I wanted to hear. I was furious. I was disappointed. I was out of control. I just said, no, no, no. When I'm crossing my arms, I remember so, I stomped my foot just like a two-year-old. And I was, Are you kidding? No, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and I was gone. So I did manage to get to some sort of, I think, I time out halfway place, so angry. Uh, I did get to walk down this lovely stream and talk to a couple of beings that said I had to give a message to somebody. And then boom, the lights came up and they were way too bright and there is these strange people. And I thought, Oh, no, I'm back in hell. Uh-huh. And they turned around as my family, they're sc- screaming mom's back. And I, you know, I thought back, you know, I mean, I couldn't move. I had that thing in my throat. I couldn't talk. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm, it's hot and I, I thought, what's going on? My daughter kept saying over and over, now, mom, you're really sick. We thought we lost you. You're, you're back and you're going to be just fine. And I thought, just fine is not one I would come up with in this situation. How am I going to be just And the other thing was, how am I going to get all this stuff done? He was talking about, I can't move. I can't talk. <laughs> it was just awful 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 and it was really good that I couldn't talk because when my my mom says oh Kathy we had this prayer circle going around the globe praying to bring you back and we brought you back and I thought I could get my hands on you <laughs> <laughs> I, so bad. I don't want to be here but again it was lucky that I couldn't talk and I couldn't for quite a while so <laughs> then began the re, uh you know, integration, trying to yeah. what all that was about, scared to go to sleep. I hadn't, somebody had to be in my room or I couldn't go back to sleep. I was scared to doubt those demons were going to come back. Right. Again. It's, it's a, it's not a good experience. You know, I was reading the other day that not only to the, the distressing near-death experiencers uh, suffer PTSD, but oh. anybody. That goes to heaven and comes back. It's a terrible shock and it's a terrible disappointment. Um it's it's traumatic. Wow. You don't want to be. The only ones I, I've heard of that that choose to come back are usually the ones that were dying and giving birth, or they've got two little kids at home and they that overwhelming need and love, they'll 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 sacrifice their selves to come back for those children. Otherwise, most of us are kicking in screen.
1: Interesting. I didn't realize that. So it's pretty traumatic coming back. It it almost makes me wonder if that's how childbirth is when we first come in as well. But that's a yeah. whole different topic.
0: Yeah, but I I I I believe that.
1: So I'm curious what what you believe your trip to hell meant, but also did you have a deep religious background prior to this? I mean, did you know all everything in the Bible or all about hell, what to expect? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was
0: a born and raised Catholic, always went to Catholic schools. Okay. Uh, you know, church every Sunday, did the rosaries, did the novenas, did I mean I was hook line and sinker very involved in this. And I was taught from a very early age by those nuns that, uh, nobody goes straight to heaven, you know, maybe mother Teresa, but the rest of us, we're all going to go to purgatory. It's just like hell, but you get out eventually. And I believe that I really did. And, and so when I died, I believe I manifested that. Um, and, and I believed I'd go and I did. So I took all the hellish things that happened in my life and I brought them with me and, uh, made them worse. And then it took me 20 years to figure that out. This is not something that anybody out there could help you with. Um, There's very few of us that uh, come forward with the the distressing ones for obvious reasons. The first question is always, What did you do to go to hell? Right. Uh, No good answer, you know? So uh, there aren't a lot of us. So I I did find Nancy Evans Bush's books and Howard Storm. And finally, I, th- I thought, well, I'm not the only one, you know. And these people are distressed and still trying to figure it out. And uh, but now, with all the people that I've I've associated with that did, you know, the straight to heaven thing, um, <laughs> it it makes sense about pre planning my life. I believe that now. Uh, I believe that God is all loving and all forgiving and would never condemn anybody because we are all part of God. Mm -hmm. Our souls are parts of God. God can't condemn himself. So I believe I was misinformed uh, with my religious teachings. And subsequently, I've had to give them up. And my new understanding is what I experienced, which was God's love and God's forgiveness and, and kindness and uh, so I, I, I call myself, most of us do spiritual rather than religious now. And, you know, I don't try and convert anybody or change anybody, but this right. changed me. And this is, this is the message I have to bring back. And that's, you've got too much left to do is to spread that message that God is all loving and forgiving. And please don't be afraid of God. Don't be afraid of death. There is a life review. I wasn't there long enough to get one but most of the people I I know that that you know there's well, there's one in about 1 in 10 people have some sort of near death experience or a spiritually transformative experience so that's billions of people on this planet right now have had the same you know basic experience that I have wow. and they all have the same conclusion you know about uh, the ones that were up there had the life review and I think that's interesting it sounds like you get a like a movie of uh, from when you were conceived to when you died and every single instant of that, that life has played out um, quickly, but you can, you know, you can absorb that without yeah. this human brain that's constrictive. Right. And, and you get to see every single thing that happened to you and, and they're, they're guides with guardian angels, you know, whatever you want to call them with you. And, and you're, you're told, you know, you, you planned all these things. Let's just see how you did. Okay? You know, no judgment. So you get to watch these things and you can come to your own conclusions, you know. Ooh, I was a little mean there. That was probably not nice, you know, to my sister. Or, <laughs> yeah. or gee whiz, you know, I gave my last $20 to that that guy at the corner that was hungry. That Hey, that was good of me. But then they flip it around. And this is the interesting part. <laughs> then you get to experience the whole thing again as if you are the one interacting with you. So if if you said something rude or whatever, and it hurt, you get to feel that hurt.
1: Oh, really? If you did
0: something something kind, you will feel the love that person felt and the repercussions of those things. So if you were kind, they went home, they did something kind, blah, blah, blah. You were mean and ugly. Okay, that's the next person he runs into. He's going to be curt with. So you get to see what your life meant you know and uh how well you did you know I'm I'm here I'm sure to learn patience and that's that's a biggie for me and non-judgmental Ooh. Mm, that's a that's a tough one so I'm sure whenever I run up against something like that now I go mm, this is one of the those things I planned uh this is uncomfortable I don't like it but this is I've got gotta look at the lesson and it just, that's what I mean when it's a I say it, it changes you. You're yeah. never the same person. Um, the glasses come off, you know, but yeah. it's, it's a blessing. I think that, you know, that, that was the best thing that ever happened Yeah. Um,
1: so to wake up. <laughs> well, right. So, so you think it helped you wake up. Let me ask you if, if someone is out there worried, like, well, what if I'm one of those people that has this bad experience can you, can you just kind of summarize why you think you had that bad experience? And if a person is, you know, likely to have it or, or can we change things now and maybe not have that experience? You know,
0: I don't know. All I know for me is that (laughs) I believe I planned it, you know, I I was a brave soul and I planned that. Uh, there are other people that have had them and they come to pretty much the same conclusion um because they in turn then go out and say don't worry about it
1: uh-huh. i
0: planned that now they came back if if you're gonna go you're gonna get the life review right and you go to heaven i mean there's god doesn't condemn anybody now people say to me well wait a minute what you know what I mean you can go and do whatever you want in this life and and there's no repercussions and no punishment no nothing Right, but you get the life review and you get to feel personally how your actions offended other people or felt. So how much worse can you make it for somebody when they they realize the pain and feel the pain that they right. caused others? You take somebody like Hitler right, you know, to feel all of that. What more could you do to somebody? But that's you doing that to you. That's not God.
1: Right, so that's yeah. that's
0: the difference. God, God respects that you wanted to do that, and and that
1: you wanted to learn that,
0: and um, we have free will.
1: So that's interesting. So is that part of the message you're here to give us? Is that we're going to feel it all when we when we get there? We're going to, um, yeah, feel what we've done. So <laughs>
0: learn. Uh, Earth is a is an academy. It's a it's a school. <clears throat> We choose to come down and learn things, and then we go home and uh, see how we did. Right, and then that brings up reincarnation. I'm told that you can go thousands of times. uh, Mm -hmm. We're we're talking eternity, eternity. Uh, So you don't just come down for eighty five years and that da da you're done. No, it's I won't say it gets boring, but but there's so much else to do. I mean, there's other universes, other planets, other Right um, experiences out there—they're—they're they're endless. We—we we are are human with this little brain, and all we can barely figure out is Earth and our lives. I mean, that's too, that's just almost too much right there. Um, but right. when we get free and and we are back in our spirit form, it's going to be fun—really fun.
1: Really <laughs> fun. <laughs> I'm curious. You talked about the two living people you saw. Mm-hmm. And then you saw the one dead friend, you know, he had already died. Did you see any um, people you knew that had already died in the hell part of it? Or just that's the where I
0: saw the two people, uh, the, the two, two living ones. Stories. Yeah. Yeah. But, but see, that wasn't that was my
1: manifestation.
0: Uh, that wasn't God putting my friends in hell. That's another reason right. that I, I, I could tell that, you know, 20 years later. After the fear uh, could subside a little bit and I could talk to other people who said, well, I, you know, I think this is what's going on. Then it went click, of course. Now, um, I knew in in my heart uh, that those two people were in trouble when I was on earth.
1: Uh, I I knew they were. okay, And
0: and so it was uh, something that I brought there that, that concerned me, that I was fearful for their souls.
1: I and um,
0: so to be able to see that and then have that say, Kathy, you need to give them a wake up call. You've just been ignoring that, you know, they need to hear this. Uh-huh. So I think that's why that happened. And one person didn't take the message. Maybe she did later. I don't know. I haven't seen her in over 20 years, but the other person was grateful. Right. It, it it turned her world around immensely.
1: So it was a right. thing. Yeah, Absolutely. What would you say is your number one message to the world? Then, at you know, from from you having to go through this,
0: um, I when I got back, I was still a little goosey about <laughs> going back to hell, and I I really prayed. I said, God, you know, I'm I, I'm done with it, that. Thou shalt not. Um, please give me something simple that I can do every day and tell people. And if they just do this, you know, don't worry about it. And it was to be loving kind, merciful, forgiving, encouraging, grateful, non-judgmental, and useful. And that's my mantra every morning. That's my intention.
1: Can you say that again? That's fantastic.
0: It was loving and kind, merciful, and forgiving, encouraging, grateful, non-judgmental, zing, and useful. Useful is taking this stuff and spreading it, not just keeping it. Yeah, you know, um, so if you do that, if you do have that mindset in the morning just okay today i'm going to be loving and kind I don't care who I run into i'm going to take a deep breath. And be kind when I answer this person that usually drives me up a wall. And then your whole, you just eventually just kind of become a different person.
1: Yeah yeah well that's quite a lesson for all of us for sure. I mean, the, your experience, um, do you go into a lot of detail in your book about your experience through those hellish? Yeah, I do. yeah, I do.
0: and and sometimes it's appropriate, and sometimes,, uh, I just don't feel. i I pray before I do these things, you know, and uh, I'm inspired. and so i'll I'll say what I'm supposed to. I don't use notes or anything like that. It just it just comes to me that those parts come to me, and then i'll I'll start to go down you know, to a different area. And I hear, no, no, no. So I just kind of tailor, you know, what I'm told.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. That sounds like the, the right thing to do, whatever God is directing you to do in the minute. So, well, I, I've loved this, this conversation and hearing about this because I also was raised Catholic um, and there was a point I stopped thinking, I don't think my grandmother's in hell, even though she did some of these sins. <laughs> I I just don't think that's right. And so I was super excited to hear how this experience wrapped up for you, because um, a lot of people talk a lot about hell, for sure, don't they? You no,
0: know, about 85% of the people I talked to, <laughs> Catholics, recovering Catholics is what we call ourselves and it's it's just that things got off track yeah you know i mean jesus was a kind and and he was an activist you know he was he was railing i just read this today in in another it keeps coming up railing against the system and and uh you know god is your father and and he loves you and and here's the prodigal son that's the one i cling to you Know of any story in the Bible that the Good Samaritan and the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Okay, mm-hmm. I take that, the rest of it, I yeah.
1: just don't buy it anymore. Yes. Yeah. Have you run into strong Christians or evangelicals coming at you? Yes.
0: And I get a lot of uh, reviews that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always mistakenly went in somewhere into the deep south accidentally. And oh, I'm telling you, the fireworks went off. I had a hundred and some odd you know questions afterwards and almost all of us said why didn't you call on jesus the minute you were there yeah and you know it's like honey there jesus wasn't in hell all right <laughs> i i i wanted i wanted to have this experience for a reason and um yeah. i if i if i've gotten saved from it i just had to do it again this is you're not getting the picture here <laughs> um god didn't send doesn't send anybody to hell that's, right. that's the big thing so they can't wrap their minds around that at right
1: all. right and it's yeah. sad
0: it's sad to go through life like that i did it for 50 something years i know how sad that is to be so afraid all the time oh my gosh you know my child's done this or my mother or my grandmother's done this yeah. i've done this can i be how many times can i go to confession i mean should i say another rosary i mean my gosh what a terrible way to live and, and god is I'm sure it gone. Uh, 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 that's not what's. That's not what's supposed to happen
1: here. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so it sounds.
0: hells, people. <laughs> don't skip the trip that's what i like to say
1: well if you know if you've committed one sin you might as well do all of them if you're going to hell anyway but that's that's just it but
0: if you're going to get a life review you're going to (laughs) think twice about it
1: exactly well i am completely aligned with helping you spread this message because you know yeah it completely fits with what i believe and that you know we need to let people know it's okay. And do your thing. And your man, your mantra uh, is perfect. I will um, I will actually uh, listen and write that out and put it in the show notes as well, because I think it's powerful. So would you like to wrap up with anything? Do you want to share where we can find you or your book oh, or appearances? Okay.
0: Um, everything's tied to my misfit in hell to have an expat thing. Uh, my website and on, on Amazon, you can buy my book or the cheapest way is to get a Kindle. And uh it's just uh, I just like to share this information. It's I have people give me good feedback that they oh. needed to hear that.
1: I'm curious, have you done an audio book for it? Yes. Oh uh, there's an audio That would be too. fantastic yeah, hearing the and experience a, And a
0: CD and a, okay. a, a MF3, everything I threw, you know, it cost yeah. a lot of money to publish a book. And believe me, you're never gonna get it back but this was my mission. So I was given some money uh, when I sold my house. And so I wrote the book and published it and did everything I could. And this is, I think my 105th podcast I've been on now. Wow. Uh, they keep coming, you know, spirit keeps sending them to me and saying, yeah. okay, Kat, brush yeah. your hair, put on a little makeup. You're, <laughs> you're on in 10. So uh, it's a good way. Uh, that's That's the blessing of COVID. There's always a silver lining to things and if it hadn't been for covid podcasting wouldn't have taken off like this and all the wonderful things you're doing i applaud you i you know this is a good mission to,
1: to yeah it yeah it's it's a lot of fun and talking to people who are who are brilliant and have all these insights and all these messages for us got to get them wonderful. out there yeah. yeah
0: thank you i appreciate it
1: yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on here. And I look forward to actually listening to your audiobook because I hadn't even thought about doing that before. So thank you. And to everyone listening. Okay, bye, everyone. Bye. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. That's R E V k-a-r-e-n podcast.com. There you're going to find the tools for finding more meaning and happiness in your own life. Plus, if you have a story that you want to share with me, either on or off the air, be sure to look for that form. Make sure you follow me so you get notified when new episodes drop. And also, I'd love to connect with you in my Facebook group, Connectedness with Rev Karen. So head over to revkarenpodcast.com. I hope to see you there.